0: Listen to more conversations about work, both hot takes and thoughtful takes, with me, Carl Javier, and Jackie Caniza on The Imaginable Workplace. Check it out on Spotify and wherever else you listen to podcasts.
2: Hello, I'm Kat Ventura, Puma Podcast. You're listening to Teka Teka News. Balitang thinking, hindi breaking.
0: In this episode, we've been trained in progressive activism to suspend other identities and focus on labor or focus on wages, focus on this. But in this campaign, it was like, no, you can bring your entire selves into this. In all your sexual character, you can be in this place.
1: For the longest time, we weren't part of the election. Hindi no kami agenda, hindi no... kami hindi kami parte. Siguro kung parte man, nakatago, di ba? Mga nasa likod ng makinarya, ganyan-ganyan. Pero never sa front lines. So yung investment ng queer people to be on the front lines of the election is basically validating.
2: We talk about the LGBTQIA plus community's participation in the 2022 elections. What you're about to hear are excerpts from the podcast Catch Me If You Can with disinformation researcher Jonathan Ong.
0: My name is Andoy Evangelista. I'm an assistant professor at the University of the Philippines, Diliman Sociology Department.
1: I'm Rod. I'm a filmmaker based in the Philippines, in Metro Manila specifically. I'm also an LGBTQ rights advocate before I magkaroon ng career sa filmmaking.
2: Queer culture took center stage in the 2022 elections. You could see it in the participation of various LGBTQIA groups in the campaign of some candidates. They mobilized the community and showed up to rallies, as well as created digital campaigns. But one thing the queer people did in the 2022 elections that they have never done before was endorse a candidate. Here's Prof Andoy.
0: There was a lot of things that I... Saw for the first time, at least in my journey as a researcher and as an activist as well. In the past, LGBT organizations would just like list down all their calls and claims and never really endorse a particular candidate. It was always like, okay, here are our democratic claims, and whoever supports it, you know, support it. But this time, I was taken aback because there were networks of organizations that actually supported both you know the front runners like Lenny Robredo and Kiko Pangilinan on the one side and of course there were there's also a network that supported Bongbong Bong Marcos and Sara Duterte from the LGBT sector Ang lesbiana
2: ginagalang ang bay tinatanggap
1: ang chance kinikilala ang dugo hindi berde pero, pero ang puso pero ang puso pero ang puso pero ang puso kaya ng susunod na presidente babae
2: Prof. Andoy says, while various LGBTQIA groups had their reasons for supporting particular candidates, the support for the presidential bid of Lenny Robredo was clear. Robredo had a track record for supporting the rights of the community. It also helped that her campaign sorties made the queer community feel welcomed.
0: This might be very trivial to a lot of people, but when you f- see, for example, a presidential candidate reading Self made placard saying, Ducks for Lenny or Jutes for Lenny or Bottoms for Lenny. When they read that in public, it sort of signals that yes, you are accepted with your entire identity here. But the support of the queer community for Robreda's
2: presidential bid did not come without anything in exchange. Before the campaign season officially began, the Rod says their group asked Robredo to pledge her support to the LGBTQIA plus community's agenda.
1: We call it the National LGBTQIA agenda. So napapirma namin siya together with Senator Kiko and yung mga senatoria Boys ng Tropangangat. Hindi lang siya campaign promise, it's a written promise na part ng kanyang priority ang SOGI Equality Bill.
2: The Soji Equality Bill seeks to end gender-based discrimination and create a safe environment for members of the LGBTQIA community. The first version of the Anti-Discrimination Bill was filed in the 11th Congress by the late Senator Miriam Defensor Santiago and Akbayan Representative Eta Rosales. Since then, it has been revived countless times in the lower chamber and has been approved on third reading by the members of the House of Representatives. But the bill almost always dies in the
0: Senate. It's important to understand that what the movement is fighting for is not just for individual liberties of expression and identification, but also a broader economic justice for queer people.
2: We'll pause here, but when we return, we talk about the stigma the LGBTQIA plus community also faced during the elections.
1: There's a critique from Philip Lustre, that old man, that he criticized the presence of trans people and sorties, particularly those who are hosting the sorties. Parang sabi niya, it's okay na mga parang OGDS lang, pero yung mga transvestite, din pa ang ginamit niyang term, ay ano na. They feel that masyadong binakla ang kampanya ni Vipileni kaya natalo. May binakla, maraming masyadong queer figures in the front line. Yeah, looking at the figures, 15 million. 15 million for that binaklang campaign.
2: While queer politics was getting mainstream national spotlight, homophobic and transphobic attacks were all over social media. Former Senator Ping Laxon was being called Pinky, which is a slur resurfacing old rumors of him being gay. While another candidate, former Manila Mayor Moreno, was called Bakla, used to mean coward for his attacks against the sole female candidate, Robredo, na parang ang baklado niya Dahil
0: siya ng babae. And I think the reason why those kinds of narratives became they realized it was a tool for their campaign was that because Duterte's campaign was so machismo, it highlighted the gender in politics. And it was effective. And therefore they had, you know, they realized probably, oh, it it, it works. So let's use all these, you know, transphobic, homophobic slurs and stereotypes because it worked for the administration who actually got one of the highest votes in Philippine history. And now, we prove that it's more effective because, you know, Bongbong Marcos won. But one other
2: thing that Andoy took note of during the elections was the use of online dating apps. Online dating apps like Grindr, Growler, or Tinder also became a place for political identity signaling during the elections wherein some members of the queer community used it for campaigning.
0: And then it spilled over again. I mean, when you go to a rally, wherever you go, your Grindr app or your Growler or your Tinder will be filled with all these political messages. Like there are now gay men or there are now users in Grindr who would say no DDS allowed, no pink allowed.
2: Whether it was online or on the ground, the Rod says, the 2022 elections was the year the queer community really made their presence felt on the political stage.
1: Epekto siya ng napakatagal na kampanya for queer empowerment eh. It takes a level of empowerment to be on the front ends of election. It takes a different level of empowerment to be there, to join election rallies, to be more creative with your messaging, to be part of a very heterosexual environment. We are main players of the election. Not just the Robredo ha, campaign, ha. even the Marcos campaign, they tap propagandist na queer, we were just there. I think it's an enough messaging na nandito kami visible.
2: And that was today's episode of Teka Teka News. Again, I'm Kat Ventura. This episode was edited by Presh Capistrano. If you want to hear the rest of the episode, look up Catch Me If You Can on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. The project is funded by Internews and hosted by Jonathan Ong and myself. Don't forget to leave Teka a 5-star rating on your podcast app. At para sa mga mahilig manood sa YouTube, Puma Podcast na rin po kami doon. Just search Puma Podcast and subscribe to our channel. Maraming salamat po.